The European Central Bank raised the interest rates yesterday, but the euro sold off still. And data from the US actually showed further resilience in its retail sales, and ARM gained 25% on its first day of trading on NASDAQ. So, welcome to Swissco's daily market talk. Well, it has been such a wild week of trading. So it was hell of a don't buy the rumor of a rate hike from the ECB, but sell the heck out of the European Central Bank's intention to stop hiking the interest rates in the close future. So yes, the European Central Bank did hike the interest rates by 25 basis points yesterday and said that it now considers that the key ECB rates reached levels that maintain for sufficiently long duration will obviously make a substantial contribution to the timely return of inflation to the target which is two percent for the european central bank and that was it for the euro bears really because the ecb chief christian Lagarde then tried to convince investors during her press conference that this is not necessarily the peak rate and that the future decisions from the ecb will depend on the income economic data but in vain the euro dollar actually sank below the 107 level just after the ECB decision was announced and the eurozone yields also melted as many investors were rubbing actually their eyes to understand why a 25 base point hike didn't even spark a minor rebound in the euro given that the ECB's decision was not warranted at all on the contrary the expectations were rather mixed walking into that meeting so if you are one of these people who didn't understand the heck happened there well you weren't all alone and you weren't all wrong now keep in mind that many of your bears also jumped on a trade yesterday as Kristen Lagarde announced that the European Central Bank significantly pulled its economic projections to the downside so that's obviously negative for the euro because the European Commission forecasted a 0.8% growth this year for Europe remember that was announced a bit earlier this week but well Kristen Lagarde yesterday said that the eurozone would only grow 0.7% this year and no more than 1% next year. But, 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 in the meantime, the European Central Bank also revised its inflation forecast higher for this year and for next year and said that inflation would ease toward the 2% target only in 2025. So that's a long way to go still. So if investors now believe that the ECB can continue hiking the interest rates with such a sour economy, outlook well I'm telling you right now that they can they sure can because the ECB has a single mandate and that's price stability and because the European Central Bank is a supranational bank well the underlying European governments and their fiscal policies will have to take care of the economic meltdown in the eurozone but without relying too much on the European Central Bank to buy their debt moving forward so I think that the market remains too enthusiastically and unrealistically dovish about the ECB especially because when I hear data dependency well, I immediately look at what's happening on oil prices and you know what I see there? Well, I see further inflationary pressures and a real possibility for further interest rate hikes both 
in the eurozone and in the US. Because look at the barrel of US crude is trading now at around $91 per barrel level, while Brent is now getting ready to test the $95 per barrel level and the better than expected industrial production and the better than expected retail sales data from China that were released this morning. And also news that the People's Bank of China actually cut the required reserves for banks for the second time this year in order to boost market liquidity and boost growth are also giving a further uh, support to the oil bulls this morning who are looking for further reasons to actually ignore the overbought market conditions in oil prices and just keep buying oil at the current levels. But, but, but the rising oil prices are not benign and the hawkish ECB is not necessarily positive for the euro either. And here is why. The data released yesterday in the US actually showed that both retail sales and the producer price index got a decent boost in August because of higher gasoline prices. That we knew that it wasn't a surprise. But the data also show that spending more on gasoline didn't really prevent Americans from spending on other items as well. So that's all inflationary, mind you. And well, the latest developments that we see in oil prices, well, will at some point awaken the Federal Reserve hawks, in my opinion, and that will increase the risk of a further sell-off for the euro dollar, as there is absolutely no way that the Fed President Jerome Powell will go up there next week and announce the end of the interest rate hikes in the US. He just can't do that. He will only say that, well, you know what, the trajectory of coal inflation is soothing and we are just getting there, but rising energy prices are now a risk that we will have to manage. This is what he's going to say next week. So the US dollar index could soon take out a major Fibonacci resistance, which is the 38.2% Fibonacci retracement level on last year's meltdown that we saw in the US dollar index, which stands near the 105.40 level and step into the medium term bullish consolidation zone. And pricing in the market actually went dovish enough for the Federal Reserve to give the Federal Reserve hawks a certain uh, a certain leverage to make actually a significant comeback to the market. Hence, the euro dollar could also be well forced below a critical Fibonacci level itself, which is its own 38.2% Fibonacci retracement level on last year's rally and which stands near the 106.15 level. Now, there's one thing about the US though. The Federal Reserve will obviously continue to dump the US bonds that it has accumulated uh, on its balance sheet during years and years of heavily loose monetary policy with this context of the quantitative tightening. And in the meantime, well, the US Treasury will be issuing more government bonds than Treasury bills because, well, they simply issued just too many T bills over the uh, past year and so, and uh, they must now just balance it out in their own balance sheet. Now, the good news is the U.S. Treasury actually announced this week a rare surplus in August, and that was thanks to student loan repayments. But the bad news is, well, obviously, it won't be enough, and the U.S. government could be actually forced to shut down, and that in less than two weeks from now. Haha, <laughs> surprise, surprise, it's again happening, because, well, the House of Representatives in the U.S., which was asked with passing some 
something like 12 approbation bills to fund the U.S. government by September 30, so it's just about two weeks from now, well, has yet to approve a single one of these bills. And with a few working days left into that deadline, well, it appears that Congress may actually resort to a, uh, you know, stopgap continuing resolution to eventually extend the government funding beyond that September 30 deadline. And if not, well, the U.S. government will have to stop working yet again. Now, certainly a government shutdown looming just two weeks away from Congress funding deadline, which is two weeks away from just now, has garnered some attention on Wall Street as its potential impact on the U.S. economy is significant, given that Federal government spending constitutes about a quarter of the U.S. GDP. But the thing is, a softer growth in the U.S. is obviously what investors are looking for right now to stop the Federal Reserve from going too far with its tightening policy. Plus, a government shutdown in the U.S. is peanuts next to the specter of a U.S. government debt default that we experienced a few months ago. So, if anything could actually slow the Federal Reserve hawk's hand, well, it's well the U.S. government drama and the rising rest of a government shutdown. Now, when the equity markets arm went public yesterday and the firm nailed its first day on Nasdaq, the share price rose 25% yesterday's trading session and closed above the $63 per share level. Now, it wasn't as impressive as a Rivian, for example, which had jumped more than 50% during its first hours of trading on Nasdaq. But hopefully, arm will be a more stable cruise, really, because arm Arm currently estimates that 70% of the world's population uses ARM-based products in their PCs, in their cars, in their smartphones, and so. so growth is the only possible direction for the chip designer with AI's sudden arrival to our lives. So this is all for this week. I'm Ipekos Kardeshke and thank you for joining me and thank you for all your beautiful and supportive and insightful messages. I hope this episode of Market Talk has also been helpful and it has been insightful to you. So please do not hesitate to leave your comments your reactions and your questions below as usual and follow us on instagram on x and on linkedin for regular market updates and subscribe of course to our youtube channel for daily market comments i will meet you again next week and until then good day trading and have a lovely weekend